Navigating Solo is the official singles adult ministry podcast of the United Pentecostal Church International. Navigating Solo is dedicated to encouraging single adults in every stage of life by using biblical principles to navigate discussion on various topics. Here's your host, Dr. Lorraine Orozco. Welcome, everybody, to Navigating Solo. Thank you so much for tuning in today. We have our guest, Andrew Gleason, that is going to be sharing with us. Thank you so much, Andrew, for coming in and agreeing to be our guest on Navigating Solo. Thank you. Yeah, thank you very much for the opportunity. I'm, I'm really excited to be blessed to share some stuff about myself, so it's going to be fun. Awesome. So I wanted to just go ahead and I wanted you just to introduce yourself to all of our um, our listeners. Just tell us, start off with where you're from, just about your family, maybe some of your family history, your education, and all of the great things that kind of make up who you are. Sure. So um, I'm Andrew Gleason, but uh, most people call me Andy. I've gone by that my whole life. Uh, my younger brother is goes by Tony. So it was Andy and Tony for all of our growing up careers. And uh, we'd always get mixed up for each other. So um, that was kind of the fun thing is to see who we could confuse about <laughs> which one's Tony and which one's Andy. Uh, I, I live in Oregon City, Oregon. It's a city, small city south of Portland, Oregon. And uh, it's a really picturesque place. Um, there's lots of like hiking and camping and We've got the Oregon coast, just a couple hour drive away. And then um, we have Mount Hood on the other side. So you can go skiing in the winter. And we've got lots of rivers that flow by. And we live in a place called the Willamette Valley. And so in Oregon, that's where the, the green part of Oregon mostly is. It's all the uh, evergreen trees and the there's lots of bright colors in the fall. And then we have... Uh, corn mazes and, and different things that happen. So it's it's a really neat area to live in, and I feel really blessed. Um, my family, uh, when my dad was growing up, my, my dad's family lived in Minnesota. Mm -hmm. But uh, before uh, my grandpa moved to Minnesota, the, the Gleason family headquartered in Oregon City. So my claim to fame is, is that uh, there is a street in Oregon City. It's about a block long. And it's a back street with with houses in it, but it's called Gleason Street. And um, the reason it's called Gleason Street is because back in the day, my great grandpa uh, lived on that street and they had the only house on that street. And so it just became known as Gleason Street. And so I feel like uh, I'm famous because I have a street named after my family, which is always very exciting. Um Probably one of the more famous Gleason family folklore stories is about my great grandpa. Um, he worked, I believe it was in a paper mill or something like that. It was, it was, a, it was a, a, a job in downtown Oregon City. And uh, he got a letter in the mail saying that we got some massive inheritance from England, I think it was. And so he called a lawyer and was asking all about it. And so they said, yeah, it's, it's legit, but um, you have to move to England in order to get your inheritance. <laughs> and so he, he was searching around in England, trying to figure out, do they have a one God apostolic church in England? And to the best of his knowledge, they didn't at that time. 
And so he decided to not take that inheritance and not move away. And uh, that really ended up being one of the pivotal stories for our family in that uh, there's been tons of, of ministry-focused people come from our family. A lot, I, I can't remember the count, but a lot of licensed ministers and different people that have had great impacts in starting churches and different things like that. So I just am really thankful for that, that heritage from my great-grandpa Gleason kind of setting the pace for us, and I just am really proud of that of that fact. And then my mom's family uh, comes from Canada, New Brunswick. Um, so all the way over on the East coast and, uh, my great grandpa post for a while there, they were missionaries in Sri Lanka. Um, I'm trying to remember the original, I think it was Ceylon back when they went as missionaries and they were only there a few short years. Um, uh, my, my grandpa ended up having health issues that kind of forced them to come back to Canada. Um, and interestingly enough, uh, I just found out a couple of years ago, but my, my, my grandpa post was always very discouraged about that. Um, he felt like that was one of the bigger ministry failures in his life where, you know, he didn't get to really have the impact that he thought he would, that he thought he could, um, but I, I don't know. I've always felt like that is one of the, the neater family stories that we have. And I was always super proud of it, even if it was only for three or four years, the fact that they were missionaries and willing to go. And my mom has stories of being four or five years old going over by boat because they didn't have a uh, plane travel very mm-hmm. effective back then. So they went over by boat and it's just been a, a unique and very uh, impactful story for me to try to pattern my life after that. So that's some of the the family history about uh, what's going on in my life and kind of what's brought me to this point. I wanted to mention too that your mom is Sister Linda Gleason, who is the National Ladies Director for our organization. Um, so she does an amazing job with that. So, and then your parents um, were pastors, or your it's now your your brother, your older brother that now pastors. Correct. Yeah, my dad pastored the church in Oregon City for forty six years. Um, okay incredible pastor, very, very uh, well-respected, and he just did a tremendous job, super proud of him. Um, he is in uh, in his 70s, and so he decided it was time to think about um, transitioning, and so my brother Stan has taken over. He's been pastoring now for two years, and, you know, transitions are always hard, so it hasn't been without its struggles, but I'm just really proud of all that he's done, and I think he's doing a, a really super job. We're having great church. We have lots of new folks, new faces come in to visit. We really feel like God's going to got some special things in store for our church. And uh, we, we just have some great people coming to our church. And I'm just really proud of of them and just being associated with them. I, I do help a little bit out of the church. It's not like official uh, titles or anything to it. I kind of just help out where needed. Um, I help with the uh, hyphen Sunday school class. We have about uh, on a given Sunday between six to seven, maybe 10 or upwards of 12 uh, students, just depending on the, on the week. And uh, they've got a lot of potential, a lot of, a lot of talents and abilities, and they're great, a great class. I uh, teach that with a, our youth pastor, brother Sam Pedraza from our church. Um, so we co-teach that class. And then the other thing that I've been involved with for years and years is uh, Bible quizzing. Um, I was a Bible quizzer for 10 years 
Um, And then as soon as I graduated out of it, I became a coach and I've been a coach of the quiz team now for about 18 years, which I counted it up the other day and I was like, oh my word, like I'm super old now at this point because there's no way it could have been that long. But um, it's been it's been quite a, a, an impactful thing. You, you, you don't think about, um, well, let me, let me say it this way. There's so many different wonderful events and programs that the church does, youth camps and youth conventions and conferences and different things like that. Very impactful, very needed. Um, but it's really challenging to keep the momentum up that you build up in those like one and done events. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like Bible quizzing is one of those unique programs that you can be involved in that it's not like a one and done event. You are uh, tied to this team for six to eight months out of the year. And it's a weekly accountability. And if if it's done, um, if it's done in, 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 the, in, a, in a way that can incorporate, you know, the moving of the Holy Ghost in there and prayer and different things like that, it can really change somebody's life in a way that nothing else can. So. I've been really privileged to be involved in that. And it's been very, uh, a highlight of, of my life. So that's very cool. Bible quizzing. That's amazing. Like 18 years. Wow. That is great. And that you've been able to be involved in that and be so connected. And you also were on the youth committee. Is that right? In Oregon? Yeah. Yeah. For, uh, you know, I didn't get, um, in, in on the youth committee until kind of a little bit older. So mm-hmm. I was only able to do that for about four years. Um, but the, the short time that I did do it, it was a, a very uh, impactful experience for me, just personally growing in, um, in that being able to be involved in ministry outside of my local church. Um, and the, the Oregon district has wonderful churches and, and wonderful young people. So it was a great, great honor and privilege to do that. And uh, I've since uh, had to had to move on from that because I got a little too old. But, um, you know, I'm really excited. The uh, One of the Sparks brothers is uh, taking over that slot. And I know he's going to do a tremendous job. He's got a lot of talent and a lot of ability and a special touch of God on his life. So I know he's going to do a, a great job there. That's awesome. You've been involved in so many things in your district and in your church. And I know um, you'd mentioned to me before that you do have your local license there in Oregon. So doing a lot of ministry things. Is there any other ministry thing that I forgot about? Because I know it was Bible quizzing and and you're on the youth committee. And I know you help so much hyphen. That's so cool that you got to teach or get to teach that every Sunday. Right, right. That, that's kind of the 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 main high points. Um, I, an interesting conversation that I have, speaking of, of getting a local license, I always felt like um, that trying to get your ministerial license um, was almost, I don't know, like, I, I don't want to say prideful necessarily, but like trying to trying to put yourself out there and kind of almost trying to 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 to. Uh, make yourself look good. If I could say it that way. Oh, I'm, I'm a minister. Um, but I was, uh, kind of convicted about that after having a conversation, I believe it was with either brother Johnston or maybe it was one of the other district leadership. Um, but what I, what I found out was, is that there is a huge, uh, lack of younger ministers. At least there was kind mm-hmm. of in that 10 to 10 to 15 years ago range where we literally in the United Pentecostal Church, we didn't have any young licensed ministers. Um, 
And from, from what I could tell, it wasn't necessarily that there wasn't young people preaching and ministering, and that wasn't it. There was just no focus on the need to get credentialed as ministers. And what I found out was, is that really uh, makes the, the organization kind of as a whole not look like it's prospering and growing. And so, um, you know, I, I don't know that I'm necessarily the, the most uh, uh, outgoing of ministers with the most dynamic of ministries, but just by the fact that I am faithful and, and involved and, and participating in the organization, that lends credibility to the fact that, hey, we've got uh, Andy Gleason in his 30s that is a minister in the Oregon district. That, that makes it to where uh, our organization as a whole uh, looks better and presents a better witness to the world. So uh, that would be one thing that I would say, if you're out there and you feel a call to ministry, even if it's just in your local church, um, don't necessarily um, sell yourself short by by not going and getting licensed. I mean, uh, they, the organization needs ambassadors. They need people that are speaking well for them of good character and, and a godly outlook on life. So if you feel at any call to ministry, I mean, I would definitely, you know, talk to your pastor, talk to your superintendent and, and try to get that process going because that's very helpful. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that with us. That's, that's very helpful. Um, so I want to kind of transition and talk about your education, because I know that you have, um, are doing engineering and have a secular job too, but you're also pursuing other things. So tell us about your education experience. Yeah. Uh, well, to, to start with, um, it, it wasn't, uh, I wish I could say I had like bright lights from heaven that kind of shone down and just told me exactly what to do. It didn't happen like that. Um, I graduated from high school, not knowing at all what I wanted to do in college. Um, the only thing that I knew is, is that my dad highly recommended is like, hey, if you're going to survive life, you need to have a skill right. and and you need to 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 not waste your time. Um not growing personally. And, and that can take many different shapes and forms. So I'm not saying that college is the only way to do that. But um, uh, following kind of my older brother's lead, he got his computer science programming degree from Portland State University. And so I was like, you know what, Portland State University, that sounds like something that I could do. My older brother's already gone through the ropes there. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what degrees they offer. I have no idea what I want to do. Um, so I went down, this is back in the days where the World Wide web was not as significant as it is now. So I didn't have a laptop. So I remember we had to go down to the bookstore at Portland State University. I had to get an old-fashioned catalog of all the different degrees that they offered. And I literally, after I graduated, I just went through the catalog and I crossed out everything I didn't want to do. And I was left with like two or three things that I was like, oh, okay, I wouldn't hate doing that. (laughs) Um, And so one of them was civil engineer. And so my dad was like, you know what? I have a friend from back in Minnesota that is a civil engineer. Let's call him up and talk to him about it. Mm -hmm. And so we called called him up and he was like, yeah, yeah, it's a a great degree. It's a great field. It it had some of my interest in it. So you have to be pretty good at like math and science. And those were kind of my strong... the strong points of high school for me. So I was like, you know what, let's just try that. And so that started what ended up being uh, an eight year journey 
through engineering school. I crammed four years of engineering school into a six years of my life um, just because engineering school that it's credit heavy. So it mm -hmm. almost never can be done in the four years. And then I tacked on a fifth and a sixth one to finally finish it. But it went really well. Um, I got uh, pretty decent grades. And from that, I got a scholarship to get my master's uh, degree. So I got, for the most part, uh, if you count the job that I was working at the college, um, I got my master's degree paid for. Awesome. So I went for a full eight years to college. I graduated, let's see, it's been a long time now, 2012. I graduated in 2012 with a master's in civil engineering. Um, uh, I know this is probably boring for most people, but just to be clear, civil engineering has five different types of engineers that come from that degree. You can be structural. You can actually be a civil engineer. There's also water resources, traffic engineering, and geotechnical engineering. So uh, there's lots of different fields that come from that. And I chose structural engineering. And so from there, um, I got a job uh, with a firm in Portland. Okay. And um, what you do as a structural engineer is you have to work for so many years and then take state certification tests. And there's three of them. And so I've finally made it after about six years of working in the field, I made it through um, those state certifications. And um, at that point, I was like, oh, my word, you know, I've spent. I think it was 15 years um, of my life, either in college or preparing for certification tests. And so I was like, what am I going to do with all this free time? <laughs> and at that point, um, I had talked to my uncle Stan, who had just had a wonderful experience at Urshan Graduate School in mm -hmm. St. Louis. And I was like, you know what? That sounds like a lot of fun. And I've always wanted to go to Bible school mm -hmm. and increase my knowledge of the word of God. And that's something I'm really passionate about. So I was like, you know what? I've got some time. I've got um, some ability to mm -hmm. do that. So I went and I got my master's in theology from Urshan Graduate School. And I just graduated with that last year. And it was it was a, a, a really like a life-changing experience for me. It wasn't just fun. It wasn't just um, something that I enjoyed doing. It was it was really impactful, like in a deep in a deep way. And so much so that I, I really would like to, if God opens the door and, and gives me gives me the ability, I would like to go on and maybe even get like a, a doctorate or PhD or something like that. So that's kind of where I'm at right now is I'm in the early stages of trying to prepare for that, maybe lay some of the groundwork and see see what doors open up from there. That's awesome. You're part of the two master's degree club. So having right. that, that degree, so I'm there with you, having that degree from Urshan Graduate School and, you know, understanding the word of God better and also having that degree for the secular job that you have. So, so that's really wonderful. And then, you know, moving forward and still wanting to pursue that you want to pursue a doctorate also in like theology or in, in what, um in what, concentration did you want to go yes with the, so what i what i enjoyed most is just straight up studying the bible um mm -hmm. so i mean there's so many different uh ministry degrees and different things that you can do if you're wanting to focus in on uh counseling or or uh di different ministry aspects there's so many different options out there but what i enjoy most of all is just uh just learning learning more about god's word 
Um, I enjoy the New Testament, especially the epistles. Um, I wrote my thesis on uh, a couple of chapters in the book of Romans, focusing in on Romans 8.28, how all things work together for good. Um, and I, I just really enjoyed that process and the different issues that crop up trying to interpret the Bible. Um, I think it's really fascinating. So in doing in doing that, if I do go on to get a PhD, I would hope that it would be uh, theology focused and hopefully even focus more on the New Testament, maybe even exclusively on the book of Romans. I think that would be really cool. I didn't realize this before uh, I started the, the degree, but there are people that spend like their entire career uh, focused in on like one book of the Bible. Uh, mm -hmm. One of the ones that I'm thinking of is Dr. Runk from mm -hmm. uh, UGST. And uh, as far as I can tell, I've only talked with him a little bit about it. And I heard a lecture that he did, but he spent most of his educational career focused in on the book of Jeremiah. Yeah. And I was like, oh my word, like, you know, <laughs> I've, I've only skimmed through the book of Jeremiah and, and never, other than the fact that it's a, a major a prophet and it's really long and it's a little bit dry in some areas. And I never occurred to me that I could spend my entire life like studying that book and it never, it never ends in opening up something new to you as you go through it and different. So it, it just really inspired me. It's like, Oh my word, you know, that is possible that, that, that I could do that um, in my life. And, you know, I don't know that I will, but just having that option is really, really neat. I'm, as I'm talking to you, I'm looking at in the corner of my room and seeing that book from Brother Rang on Jeremiah's for confession. So, yeah, that that is a definitely a thing that you I kind of never thought that you could do is you know spending the time and learning one of the books of the Bible well and having a deeper understanding and then being able to teach it to other people. So that's wonderful. Um, I just want to kind of just switch in in directions here. And I just wanted to talk about, um, we've talked about your education and your family history and coming from such an amazing heritage, but I wanted to talk about uh, some of the advantages that you have found to being season single at this season in your life. Uh, there are advantages, I would say, and, you know, probably you could uh, just generically kind of name off the few that I would, that I would think of, but the main thing is, is uh, you have a lot more time um, mm -hmm. on your hands. So uh, I think it's, I think it's in first Corinthians where Paul talks about the fact that if you're single, you can focus more on uh, your relationship with God and on ministry. And I can't remember quite how he says it, um, but it's something to that effect. And I, I, I think that kind of rings true. And that is, you just have a lot more to invest. Um, you don't have the financial, uh, obligations of providing for a family or maybe uh, college funds for, for kids and different things like that, that um, are so needed when you're, um, you know, have those responsibilities. Um, so you, you have the time and the ability to invest in, in different things. And um, some, some people who are single um, choose to do that in ways that maybe aren't as impactful to the kingdom of God as they could be, where, mm -hmm. you know, they might enjoy traveling and enjoy, uh, you know, spending time with friends and 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 just doing things that you know uh, just make them feel happy or fulfilled or whatever. Um, but I don't think that that. I mean, let let me say it this way: it's it, it would be tragic if you had the opportunity to do something for the kingdom of God and then chose to spend that on yourself exclusively. Um, so the advantage is is you know you really have the opportunity to do something special for God that not everybody can do. 
Right. And so uh, uh, taking advantage of that, it, it would just be amazing, right? And and it would be really fulfilling at the same time. So it's 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 a win-win situation for everybody involved of just pouring your your life into the kingdom of God in whatever way you can. And it doesn't have to necessarily be something that is like, you know, ministry focused in a way that you're like behind a pulpit preaching, like not everybody is that way. There's just so many different uh, needs in every local church. Um, and there's, you know, needs in small churches and there's needs in, in, in bigger churches. And so there's just an unending list of things that you could pour your, your time into and dedicate your life to. So I think that is the number one advantage that I would, that I would think about. Absolutely. Absolutely. So have you encountered any challenges with being single at this time in your life? Has there any been any moments when you're just like, oh, you know, this is not exactly what I thought it would be like? Yeah, I think uh, uh, like an odd one that I didn't expect. Um, so for the longest time, um, you know, for, for whatever reason, all of my siblings, they got married at older ages. Um, so my sister, I think was in her early thirties, also the same for my older brother. And then my younger brother was about 30. Um, and so when my younger brother got married, that he was the last one of my siblings to get married. I didn't realize that I kind of leaned on my siblings for like moral support. Mm -hmm. So when you like go to a camp meeting in your local district and there's a bunch of people around, like, who do you sit with? Like, um, and I never thought about it, but I always relied on them because I'm not super outgoing myself. I'm more of an introverted person. And so I would just always hang out with them. And so the first, I think it was a, it was a family camp when, after my brother got married, I felt so awkward. Um, and then the other kind of issue is I come from a smaller church. Um, we're probably at our peak, maybe about a hundred people. And right now we're in maybe the 50 to 60 people range. Mm -hmm. And um, so there's not a lot of other people my age um, in the youth group. And so I found that that was an un, an unanticipated struggle that um, you kind of have to find unique ways of working through somehow. Um, the other issue that is... Uh, uh, that could be a problem that I've seen in my life is um, because it's only you that you're looking out for, you can become super uh, focused towards yourself. Um, and if you're not careful, you can become um, very inward, inward focused, selfish. I don't know if that's the appropriate term, but just always thinking about what it is that you want and what it is that would make you happy um, mm -hmm. because you, you're not forced like uh, people that are in charge of a family um, and, and looking out for them, you're kind of forced to be selfless. Like right. you, you can't help it. Um, because if you want to have a successful family, you have to be looking out for other people. Mm -hmm. And when you're single, you don't have that. So the tendency would be, um, Hey, I could just focus all my energies and all my, all my extra time into doing things that I want to do and to doing things that make, makes me feel uh, satisfied and fulfilled. And, um, that, that could be a really shallow, uh, shallow way of living that would be very easy to fall into. And probably one of the ways that I've, uh, helped to combat that is just to stay super connected to family and to the church. Um, mm -hmm. cause it helps you stay accountable. Like, you know, if right. people are expecting you at church, if you're fulfilling roles and responsibilities there and you need to show up, 
Um, it really helps you to be honest about, you know, how, how am I spending my time? What am I focused in on? And then with, with family, um, for me, it, it a lot of times it's down to my parents. Um, uh, a lot of times they'll need help doing stuff or my, I have a, a nephew and a niece that live real close by. And mm-hmm. so, um, I, I get to watch them quite often and there's nothing like spending time with a four-year-old um, <laughs> that, that kind of teaches you about like, you got to really watch out, you know, for somebody and, and maybe take care of them a little bit more. You have to be thinking about it because if, if you turn your head for a second, they're into something and it could be disastrous. So that that's an, another way I've combated that. So I wanted to segue into that and say, what would you say to encourage someone who is single? And and you mentioned some of the challenges, but how have you helped also to combat some of those? And what would you say to somebody who is kind of wondering, you know, what am I going to do? And I'm kind of in this season. What would you say to them? Yeah, so there's, you know, there's practical things. Um, the the easiest way to get involved in ministry is just to to see the needs that are around you and just try to meet those needs as most effectively as you can. And uh, uh, you don't want to be um, so focused in on what you feel comfortable doing that you only exclusively will be involved in things that you're comfortable with. Because a lot of times the need is not what you're comfortable doing. The need is just the need, right? And so you you have to just jump in and and be willing to meet that need wherever you're at. Um, so and then uh, the other main thing that everybody obviously should be involved in is things like um, you know your personal prayer time, you know your personal study and devotion to God. Um, if you if you're not if you're not effectively building your relationship with God, then you're not going to be able to hear when when it is that He's asking you to do something new and exciting, right? So you need to be that prepared, you know, live that prepared lifestyle where it's like, hey, you know, if God needs me to do something, I'm open, I'm willing, I have an open heart, and I'm, I'm prepared for that moment. Um, probably more generically, kind of one of the things that, uh, that helped me, I was in a class taught by Dr. Painter at UGST. It's called Personal Spiritual Disciplines, a really impactful class. Um, one of the lectures that he taught on... Uh, talked about the book of Psalms um, and just how how important that has been to Christians throughout church history. And it was really inspiring to me. Um, but one of the things that he pointed out was in Psalm 1, uh, you remember where it talks about, hey, you know, you're not supposed to uh, walk in the way of sinners, stand in the, in, the, in the way of sinners, sit in the seat of the scornful. Um, and then in verse 2, I think it is, um, you're supposed to delight in the law of the Lord and meditate in it day and night. And he talked about the importance of where you find your delight. Um, what, what is it that, that makes you excited about living for God? And I think it brought it to the forefront of my mind. And that is sometimes I, I feel like I, I've overbalanced on the side of, Hey, I've got to do this for the kingdom of God. I've got to do this. Um, I've got to pray. I've got to fast. I've got to do all this, but but really what is most impactful is what are you finding delight in? And is there any area of the kingdom of God where you're really, really excited about doing it? And if there is a part of the kingdom of God, a part of living for God that you do genuinely in your heart feel um, that you're excited about that, then that is a, it's, a, it's a gift from God. And that is going to be one of the things that solidifies you and plants you so that God can prosper your life later on. 
So rather than uh, uh, ignoring those areas of life, you know, you should genuinely take delight in them and, and let that guide you and, and, and motivate you to grow closer to God throughout the course of your life. So that's kind of one of the, the tricks that I've found in the past few years that's really helped me. And uh, that kind of encouraged me to study more of the Psalms, which I, I had never done before. So very, very impactful. Awesome. Well, I appreciate all the things that you are mentioning. And I just wanted to ask in closing, and um, it's been so wonderful getting to know you and having our listeners get to know you and all of your life experiences and things that you were doing for God. Is there anything else you would like to share with our Navigating Solo listeners today? Uh, you know, I just am appreciative of everybody out there that is, um, you know, genuinely living for God and trying to do what's right. And and just whatever you can do to stay connected to the church and connected to the family of God and a part of what's going on in the world and seeing yourself in the bigger picture, I think is super, help, super helpful. Uh, like I say, uh, like I said, it's, it's so easy to be inward focused in, in what, what, what is going on in my life that I'm excited about and what, what can please me and, and what can make me happy um, but if you can somehow get that focused around and is like, what is happening in the kingdom of God? What's exciting that's going on around the world? And how can I be involved in a part of that and connected to it? So going, going to general conference or youth Congress, or, or just seeing yourself in the larger family of God can be so helpful. And just remembering that, Hey, it's, it's a, it's a bigger world. It's a bigger kingdom of God out there than just what I'm seeing right now in my life. And, and being connected to that and being feeling a part of that can be so helpful. Get involved, get involved. You see a need, yeah. get involved and, and be the hands and feet of the Lord and do the will of God. So thank you so much, Andrew Gleason, for being our guest today on Navigating Solo. We have appreciated it so much. To all of our listeners, God bless. And until next time. Join us next week for another great interview on Navigating Solo.